You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. This will be a supersized edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and joining me today are Big Blue View contributors Chris Flum and Nick Filato. As And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss uh, some of the prospects at the Senior Bowl. Chris, Nick, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm All doing right. excellent. Thank you. Ed. Cool. Cool. Nick, Chris, you just had to upstage me. <laughs> Always, bro. Oh, now, come on, guys. Come on. Let's 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 not do this now. Chris, I, I, I had you guys on. I figured, you know, you and you and Joe DeLeon usually do, uh, you know, some shows together. I know you guys have had some technical difficulties this week. So 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 I felt bad for you. We'll get you on. We'll give you give you a platform to talk senior bowl. <laughs> yeah, I- Joe and I had been hoping to. He is at the Senior Bowl right now. He's our man on on location. But um, yeah, technology is not cooperating. Well, well, we'll we'll talk a little Senior Bowl here anyway with the game coming up on uh, on Saturday. This is this is the the Friday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. And and what I kind of want to do is talk draft, talk you know about some of the the players in the Senior Bowl. And admittedly, you guys are way farther along in terms of draft study, you know, than I am. That's that's what you guys do. I try to learn these guys enough so that I at least know who they are, where they should generally go in the draft, know a little bit about them. So so I, I'm looking at you guys as, as the experts here. So so don't let me down. <laughs> All right. Let's, let, let's let's talk a little bit uh let me start with with a couple of edge rushers whose names keep coming up this week at the Senior Bowl. Um, just th- the first the first one who who I keep hearing about whose name keeps coming up is Jermaine Johnson out of Florida. Um, just some, some some thoughts on on what he's done this week and and what you think of him as a draft prospect. Chris, why don't you jump in first? Jermaine Johnson of Florida State. He is he's a really interesting guy. He started out, I believe, in the JUCO levels. He spent a year at Georgia, transferred to Florida State, and he just kind of took over down there. And the Seminoles were not good this year, but Jermaine Johnson very much was good. Uh, he's he's long, he's athletic, he can play out of a three point stance, two point stance. I really like the play strength he showed in drills this week. Like we already knew he was quick, we already knew he was bendy, but I wasn't expecting him to push around blockers the way he was able to this week. Uh, I saw him set a real good edge in the kind of a few team drills we were able to see from the American team. And he was generating movement 
and pushing guys backwards into the backfield, which, yeah, that's something the Giants do need, especially on the edge. They, they've got some young edge rushers, but they don't have a whole lot of guys who are really good at defending the run out there. I think I saw a rep where he put uh, Darian Kennard of Kentucky on his back. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Kennard, we'll probably wind up talking about him. He, he's been a little hit and miss, at least from what I've seen. But on the field for Kentucky, he was he's another very good, very intriguing prospect. Nick, your thoughts on Jermaine Johnson? Yeah, so the Darian Kennard situation, it was pretty cool. At the end of the American practice, Dan Campbell had those two go up against each other three times, and the winner of that practice would not have to do push-ups. And it was actually Darian Kennard who won two of the three reps, but the first rep, Jermaine Johnson bull rushed him and just absolutely put him on his back. And this is somebody, Darian Kennard, who is 345 pounds. You guys talked about the overall strength and how you're surprised about that from Jermaine Johnson. I was as well, man. This guy is six foot four, 259 pounds, has 34 inch arms, 34 plus inch arms. And you see the quickness, you see the first step ability, you see his ability to get to the outside shoulder of the pass rushing arc. You've seen him use a variety of pass rushing moves, but I didn't realize he was going to be able to convert speed to power so much. And that is one of the critical assets that an edge rusher can have. And he possesses that right now. And he has it on full display down there in Mobile. Jermaine Johnson is definitely a name Giant fans need to know because I believe the New York Giants are going to be looking and investing into the edge position. Best guess, guys. And and it's early for this. He's not a top 10 pick, but is he a guy who who could be there at 36? There's a lot to still play out. Now, I don't think so. I think he's going to be one of those guys who are going to just creep, keep continuously creeping up the draft board. I expect him to do well at the combine as well. So I don't think he'll be there. at 30. Yeah. That, that's kind of the feeling I get as well. Uh, yeah. I think the kind of 20 to 34 range, 36, I think that's going to be very interesting and it's going to be, you know, really tough to predict. I think we could see a run on maybe interior offensive linemen there. Uh, well, I have no clue how the wide receiver group is going to shake out, especially since two of the top four guys are dealing with, you know, pretty significant knee injury. But, you know, I really do like this edge group. Jermaine Johnson, he could go anywhere from, I think, 20 to, you know, maybe somebody jumping back into the bottom of the first round to get him. But the other guy who I think Ed wanted to ask us about, uh, Kingsley Enigbare out of South Carolina. He's another guy I think Giants fans should keep an eye on, and he could be in that conversation at 36. Yeah, Kingsley is somebody I haven't watched yet. I haven't gotten to the South Carolina defense. From what I've seen down at the Senior Bowl, he definitely has juice. He definitely has burst, and he has that pop. But I haven't necessarily dove into his film like I have some of these other individuals. And, I mean, there's also other pass rushers from the national team. Uh, Majai Sanders from Cincinnati is one that's making headway as well. He's somebody who was kind of missed. I don't want to say misused in the Bearcats defense because Bearcats defense was so good, but he's more of an edge rusher who you want to align wide, whereas he was kind of lining up as a four technique and a four eye sometimes, and then sometimes being, you know, a five technique, but he's somebody you want to use that explosiveness and that burst to soften the angles, give him better angles to rush. And it didn't seem like the Bearcat defense accentuated that as much as an NFL team will, because I think that's his better role rather than aligning him kind of right next to a tackle, because he, if he could defend what or do one thing better I would say it's his ability to defend the run although he played an outside zone play in team periods yesterday where he blew up the play so he definitely is another player that's Majai Sanders from Cincinnati that Giant fans need to be aware of hey Chris before you jump in on Sanders he was on my list to ask about and 
I have actually been looking at him a little bit the last couple of days, and Nick referenced the way that he's used. We know that the Giants are bringing back Patrick Graham as defensive coordinator, so we have a pretty good idea what that scheme is going to look like. I look at Majai Sanders, and, and I can't, for the life of me, figure out if he's a guy that fits what the Giants would do. And it's as Nick said, it's because of the way that he was used. He was used as a down defensive lineman, and he's 240 pounds. He's not going to be that in the NFL. He's going to have to be a stand-up edge guy. And I don't know if he can do that. I don't know if he can if he can drop back. I don't know if he can fit in that role. So I'd kind of like your your thought on that. Yeah, I think I think this is kind of the where scouting kind of drifts into being an art less than a science. And yeah, I do think Sanders can do that because I'm not terribly worried about these guys dropping back into coverages. I would use him basically the same as how the Giants used Aziz Ojolari or Kinsey Rocha last year, where they might be in a three-point stance, maybe line them up at the seven technique, out of the, maybe out of the nine technique, or they're basically playing that same role, but as a two-point, out of a two-point stance. And you know, it's really much more of a defensive end feel, where yes, they're an outside linebacker, but it the only time they've got coverage responsibilities is if they're dropping back into a zone coverage for you know some kind of blitz disguise. But when it comes to rushing the passer, Majai Sanders can definitely do that. And I think he can do it out of a two-point stance. All right. Hey, let's talk about uh, everybody's favorite subject with the New York Giants these days, the offensive line. And, and let's start with Darian Kennard, since we already talked about him a little bit. I can't help it. Maybe it's just because of the body type. But I look at Darian Kennard and I think about DJ Fluker. I just can't help it. Um, you know, so I'm curious. Like you said, he's had some good and some bad this week at the Senior Bowl. So I'm curious what you guys think of Kennard. Firstly, uh, before you jump in, Chris, with Kennard, a lot of people, at least draft pundits, are projecting him to be an offensive guard, an interior offensive lineman. But at the Senior Bowl, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're watching a little bit more American tape than I have so far. He's only taken reps at tackle. Like he wants to be a tackle. And I think he probably can be a right tackle. Now the foot speed and the speed up the arc and cutting off those wide angles that we were talking about before, that's something that can, can maybe pose a problem for him because he's a little bit slow footed for an NFL tackle, but man, this is somebody who is going to be an excellent run defender, somebody who does know how to pass protect somebody with an excellent anchor. He's not going to be bullied around. So I am intrigued by Kennard, but I know a lot of people are going to link him to being an interior offensive lineman through this process. Yeah. Just looking down the road with Kennard, I haven't seen any reps of him at guard. That doesn't mean there haven't been any, uh, you know, the, if you're not there getting a hold of that that tape and being able to see every single drill is uh, difficult, but yeah, I have mostly seen him outside of tackle. And I, I do agree. His foot speed is problematic, but he does have that kind of DJ Fluker build where he's not super tall, uh, he's a little bit under six, five, but he's got long arms. He is definitely a wide body dude. He is stout. Yeah. I think I would give him the chance to fail at tackle. Yeah. Let him try it. Right. Tackle. Uh, Personally, the way I look at it is either you can play tackle or you can't. Yeah, I don't really differentiate between left tackles and right tackles because if you have to, if you have to defend against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, yeah, you're 
you have to be a good athlete. It doesn't matter if you're left side or right side, but if he can't, I think he can be a very good guard at the NFL level. And I think that would mask a little bit of his foot speed issues, but I would definitely try him at tackle first. Yeah. Kennard, man, just uh, real quick. He's, he's a heavy handed dude, man. He's going to punch yes. you and he's going to land those hands. I don't feel like at least through his college film that I've seen that his hands are as accurate and as well-timed as they could be. And those are things that can be corrected with coaching. So there's still maybe a little bit more potential with someone like Kennard. Another quick note on just the Kentucky offensive line. When I was getting through Kennard's tape, I stumbled across their center, Luke Fortner. And I have not seen a lot of people talk about this individual, but he really impressed me. And he's down at the senior bowl. He's had some good reps as well. So if the Giants are looking for somebody to possibly play center later in the draft, I think he's a name that can kind of come up and should be uh, should entice a lot of people, in my opinion, from the film that I've seen, I, I was impressed with him for somebody I've never heard of. Yeah, the, it, this is a, a sneaky, deep offensive line class. Another guy who could potentially be a center that I was impressed with with the senior bowl tape of him that I've seen is Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. Yeah, I was very curious looking at him because I believe he played left guard at Chattanooga and he's kind of a tall, lean guy and he doesn't really have the body type of a guard. I wondered in my scouting report of him if he could move inside to play center. And so far, he's been able to do that well. He's got really good play strength. And he does have that quickness that you usually kind of associate more with a center than a guard. So that, I think, could be a very interesting guy to keep an eye on from a Giants perspective. And you got to love the fact that he doesn't wear any gloves down there, man. I mean, that's oh, just no. a boss move, boss move right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, there are two other offensive linemen that I really wanted to get to before we move on to, uh, to, to another position. Zion Johnson of Boston College, who I think some people are calling the best offensive lineman who is down there at the Senior Bowl. And the other guy we have to talk about is Daniel, I believe you pronounce it Fa'alele from Minnesota, just because this dude is six foot nine, 380 pounds, and he can actually move a little bit. So uh, really, you know, either one of those guys first, but, uh, but I wanted to, to talk a little bit about both of those guys. Yeah. So Zion Johnson, it's arguable between him or Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning on who the best offensive lineman is down there. I felt like Johnson's first practice was wildly impressive and you can see why he's kind of being mocked the end of the first round yesterday's, which is the second day of practice. I should clarify that the second day of practice wasn't as impressive. I felt like quick counter moves kind of got him. He doesn't, he, he, his size is pretty solid, to be honest, for an NFL center. But when you look at him, it doesn't necessarily look like he is uh, as filled out as he probably possibly could be, other than his lower body is pretty thick, to be honest with you. But when I watch Zion Johnson, I see somebody who can adjust to counters other than those couple reps where he got beat very well. Somebody whose hips are so fluid. If a defensive lineman wants to attack on an angle, he has those hips to just hinge and swivel and just seal off. And he could do it, you know, two or three times during a rep, depending on the path of the defensive lineman. He has anchoring ability. Yes, he lost a couple reps during that second practice, but I'm typically, or I'm generally really impressed with Zion Johnson. And I would be ecstatic if he was there for the Giants at that uh, second, early second round pick. Yeah, uh, it was against uh, Perry and Winfrey that he struggled, right? On a couple of the reps, yeah. And Perry and Winfrey, by the way, he was a nose tackle for Oklahoma. That dude, you put him as a three technique or a four eye, that guy is going to be a wrecking ball. He's somebody else who's doing excellent for the defensive line for the national team right now. 
yeah, uh, cut, he, he was kind of an Ed Oliver nose tackle where, yeah, you know, for some reason, you know, he's 295 pounds and they're playing at the nose. That's, that speaks well of the dudes <laughs> of his explosiveness. But as far as Zion Johnson goes, I, I loved watching his tape because he is just a technician. Hmm. There is nothing you can ask of him that he cannot do on the interior. Yeah, he played some left tackle. That's not what he's going to do at the NFL. I, I loved watching him at left guard. The fact that they're trying him at center is really interesting to me. And I also loved that he was staying after practice to practice snapping the ball, practice taking additional reps at center out there in the rain. You know, that had to be absolutely miserable, but he was out there doing it. And I know NFL teams love to watch that. Zion Johnson, he's just, he's not flashy. He's solid, but he isn't huge. He isn't super athletic, but he moves really well. He's just a guy who he does his job. He does it well, and he does it every single time. And outside of uh, Falele, who we'll we'll talk about in a second, he has, I think, the biggest offensive hands, offensive line hands down there right now. It's like 10 and 7, 8 inches, which that's such a good trait to have for an offensive lineman. Uh, actually, I think Kennard has the biggest hands. I'm looking at him right now. He's got 11 and a half inch hands. Oh, which, then, those yeah. are some mitts. <laughs> so I looked up 11 inch and it uh, didn't come up, but that half inch got me. Yeah, Kennard, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. And it really shows up. Those on, are catcher's you know, mitts right there. <laughs> oh, yes. But as for uh, the Minnesota kid, Falele, he had a couple really nice reps in the second practice where I was like, okay. But in the first practice, he was getting beat by speed. He was getting beat inside. He was getting beat outside. And he was getting tested out there at the tackle position. This is a guy who's 6'8", 387. That sounds like somebody you create in Madden. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> he has 86-inch wingspan. Like, that is insane type of numbers. And other than those two reps that I saw in the individual drills, it doesn't look that great. Now, those individual drills are a little bit disadvantageous for offensive linemen. They're a little bit better for the defense because you're on an island. Generally, when you're a tackle, you're not going to, or when you're an offensive lineman, you're not going to be on an island. Granted, tackles will be unless you just slide protection towards them a lot. I'm concerned with the foot speed. I love the length. I love the power, man. He gets a hold of you. You're done. You're done. You want to pull him and kick somebody out. That guy's going to get kicked out of the stadium. Like he has that type of ability, but man, I am just concerned with that foot speed. And I could see people just wide nining him all the time and just softening the angle right to the quarterback. And he's not going to be able to necessarily get to the top of the arc and vertical set. You're going to have to have an offense where you can't have him vertical set all that often. I'm a little bit, weary about about him in the nfl granted i i think just his even his ability to move even though it's deficient in some areas it's still incredible because he's so large yeah you kind of you almost have to grade on a curve with him because (laughs) he's almost 400 pounds guys that size should not be able to move as well as he does just in the class of humans who are you know six eight almost 390 pounds he is an excellent mover he is an excellent athlete but compared to guys who are 6'6", 330, you know, the kind of more prototypical NFL offensive tackle, he is definitely a bit slow. Now, his length and power give him you know, quite a bit of mar- room for error. He's got a pretty wide margin for error because as long as he can get a hand on a, def- on a defensive lineman, on a pass rusher, and if he doesn't lose his feet, like I, I saw some reps where I think it was Majai Sanders put him on his butt. Yeah, but on those reps, he he almost panicked and just stopped his feet. As long as he keeps his feet moving, stays in his stance, yeah, guys are just going to bounce off of him. But it's when he can't quite keep up, when he kind of goes into panic mode, that is when you have to. Work. 
And Majai put him in that situation. Majai was coming from a wider angle and yes. he went to bull rush somebody who weighs 140 pounds more than him. And he got into his chest, won the pad level battle, won the leverage battle and just lifted Falele up and Falele's feet just kind of crumbled underneath him. And he got pancaked by a guy like, again, who is significantly smaller than he is and somebody who's not necessarily known for his power. But I don't think that one rep is indicative of Falele's play. But I think what you illustrated is a great, greater problem with him. And that's his ability to keep his feet consistent when he is in panic mode. And I think that's something that he's going to have an issue with in the NFL. Yeah, that is something that could get better with experience because he doesn't have a whole lot of time in the game. Yeah, he's he only picked it up, I think, maybe as a senior in high school. So he he has four, maybe five years of real football experience. So, yeah, that that could come with coaching. Uh, Yeah, I'm not quite sure how much weight you could ask him to lose, but that could help help with his foot speed as well. But yeah, there are. Definitely risks with him, but there are potential rewards. Yeah. And you mentioned Trevor Penning. He's impressed me as well. Yeah. He is really athletic. He was former tight end, still moves like a tight end. And he is a mean dude. Yeah, he's very mean. And we saw that against the Kansas edge rusher. Those two almost got in like a fight after one rep. You kind of like to see that. And he has all the prototypical size, Penning 6'6", 330, 34 and 3 fourth inch arms. You know, that's solid arm length. It's not 36 inches, but it's solid arm length, good wingspan, good hands. He's another player that a lot of people are kind of mocking in that around the end of the first round, early second round. So I think it's somebody else Giant fans should be aware of if the Giants decide not to go tackle with those first two picks. Yeah, I I believe he played right tackle at Northern Iowa. So that's kind of a natural fit there. Uh, He did take some reps at left tackle. Um, He actually sacked his quarterback for the defense threw a pass rusher to the ground. And as the uh-huh. pass rusher was kind of ragdolling, he took out the quarterback a little dangerous, but Desmond also Ritter. impressive just from, you know, Penning's point of view. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation? If you're just sitting around like you would at home, You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
All right. Hey, let's let's move on from offensive line. Let's talk about another position that I think we can all agree that the Giants are going to have a need, and, and that's tight end. Because I think that that we're in a situation where Kyle Rudolph, because of salary cap, I mean he's 32 and he didn't have much of a he didn't have much productivity during 2021. I think he's probably a salary cap casualty. I would think that Evan Ingram is going to be allowed to walk in free agency again, you know, production wise and cap wise. I'm not sure that Ingram coming back makes sense. To me, the Giants probably end up rebuilding the tight end position. And two guys who are at the senior bowl that I want you guys to talk about are Trey McBride and Jeremy Ruckert, the kid from Ohio State. Yeah, I'll start with uh, one of my favorite draft prospects in the draft is Jeremy Ruckert. And that's because he is an absolute maniac when it comes to blocking. He was used so much on split zone type of blocks where you come from the opposite side of the formation to the play side and you kick out an end man on the line of scrimmage that's unblocked. He was a maniac doing that. And I started to fall in love with this kid at around that time. And then you see certain plays where he is, has a lot of nuance to his route running and he has soft hands and he can win contested catches. You didn't see that all that much in college, but that's because he's playing alongside Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio State. I think there is a ceiling with this kid that we have not seen yet in college. And I would not be shocked if he is the first tight end drafted over, even over somebody as talented as Trey McBride. Yeah. The- it's always interesting to me when you see a guy like Jeremy Ruckert, he has kind of the prototypical tight end measurements, 6'5", 250, uh, over 10-inch hands, but he doesn't really have the the receiving production that teams are looking for from a highly drafted tight end. But like you said, he's playing with Chris Villabi and Garrett Wilson. You know, the, those are potentially the first two receivers off the board in the spring, so you kind of have to look past those numbers to see, you know, does he have the route running when the ball does come his way? Does he have soft hands? Does he adjust? Well, yeah, I think yeah. if he does slip, he could be a real serious sleeper at the tight end position. And yeah, I'm not sure what kind of resources the giants are going to be able to invest in, in the tight end position, just because of all of their other needs. I don't know that they're going to be able to draft one highly. And maybe we should be hoping that Ruckert slips. Round three, guys. Round three, somewhere in there. Or is that or earlier, you think, Nick? I think Ruckert's going to ultimately end up going earlier. I think it's between him and McBride to be the first tight end. I know Isaiah likely also gets thrown into that uh, category. I haven't watched McBride's tape yet. He's the tight end from Colorado State. But he was wildly productive in college. I think he had over a thousand yards. He had a ton of catches and he made a great catch in practice yesterday up the seam over a defensive back that had a lot of people kind of wowing and everything. So I love that kid's receiving skills. I saw a couple blocking drills and it doesn't seem like he's deficient in that area either. So Trey McBride's another name that giant fans should also be aware of. I think both these guys are very, very talented. I just, Ruckert was one of the first prospects I really dove into uh, late in the winter. And I really kind of just was like, dude, this guy is, is something special. He could be something special. And right now he's being mocked in like the third round. If the Giants could get a guy like Jeremy Ruckert in the third round, sign me up. Yeah, that, w- that would be a very good use for one of the Giants' third round draft picks. You know, to bring up Isaiah Likely, he, he's going to be, I think, a very, very polarizing prospect because he's got great hands. He is, he is a 
perfect hybrid tight end where yeah, he moves like a receiver. He catches like a wide receiver. Yeah, he's got great athleticism. I think he's a better blocker than he's going to get credit for, but Coastal Carolina's offensive scheme does not translate all that well to the NFL. You know, they, they run almost like a, almost like the Hugh Freeze scheme at Auburn where that kind of, it's almost more like a, a souped up high school offense than what you see in the NFL. And very interestingly, from what I saw, the Coastal Carolina actually took likely off the field when they were, when they, when the pass wasn't going to be an option. Yeah. I, you have to wonder about his blocking. I personally think it's, it's going to be better than people will assume just based on his size. But I think he, he's a, the kind of tight end where you have to pick your spots with him. Uh, you don't want to match him up on a defensive end. You, uh, you know, not like a poor Cody Bell, uh, sorry, Daniel Bellinger. I almost said Cody Bellinger, the baseball player. And I know that's wrong, but uh, Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego state, he was the guy who got matched up on uh, Kingsley. Uh, and I'm Barry, Thank you. Gotcha. Yeah. And he just got driven to the ground at the beginning of the practice yesterday, but you know, likely you match him up on maybe a, an off ball linebacker, definitely on a safety and he will win every time. And yeah, you know, if you're looking for a tight end who can give you explosive plays, yeah, you know, I think he's right up there with Trey McBride and potentially Jeremy Rucker. But if you're looking for just a classic tight end, you're going to want to look elsewhere. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about one more position. Can't really let you guys go if we don't talk about quarterback. And we know at this point from everything we've heard and everything we've read that the Giants are committed to one more year with Daniel Jones to letting Brian Dable figure out if he can succeed with Daniel Jones. But, you know, well, let me, let me say this. I mean, my theory is, okay, they're going to do that. But if there's somebody sitting there in the second round, you know, that, that they really, really like, why not, you know, why not maybe take, why not maybe take that risk? And, and with that said, there are some guys in the senior bowl who fit that category could be sitting there at 36 in the second round who might be worth that kind of a flyer. And I think the guy we have to talk about first is Malik Willis of, of Liberty. He may be gone long before 36, but he's the guy that everybody seems to want to talk about down in Mobile. So guys, uh, if you want to weigh in on, on Malik Willis, and then maybe we'll just quickly talk about a couple of the other guys, you know, thoughts about any of the other guys. Yeah. So First off, everybody down at the Senior Bowl, this has been a unique Senior Bowl because everybody who is considered a top quarterback prospect other than Ole Miss's Matt Corral, they're down at the Senior Bowl right now. And that's not something that happens every year. Usually there's a junior that comes out that everybody loves. So I think that's a really unique situation. But in terms of Malik Willis, if I had to choose somebody, I have not uh, dove into the film of all of these individuals. But if I had to choose somebody... I think I would go with a player like Malik Willis. We've seen Brian Dayball and his staff kind of turn around a raw prospect who didn't have a high completion percentage, who had a lot of traits in Josh Allen. We have kind of a blueprint for that. And I think if there's anybody who can fit that mold in this draft, who has the traits, has the athletic ability, has the arm length, 
or arm strength, has the ability to just throw the ball on a line, can use touch, but maybe needs a little bit of development there. It's Malik Willis. So that would be my choice if I'm picking right now in the beginning of February. I think he is someone who's wildly interesting, but isn't completely developed yet. But that's what coaches are for. Yeah, I have to say, if I'm looking at this from a defensive point of view, Willis is the guy who legitimately scares me, where you look at him and you go, okay, how exactly am I going to stop him? Because he's not tall. He's not real big. I think he's six foot 220. So he's thick, but he's not real tall. But that's basically the same size as Jalen Hurts. So that can work in the NFL. Yet he's really athletic. He is, he is, I think, a twitchier athlete than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. On the broadcast, they compared him to Hurts a lot. I think he's kind of somewhere between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson as an athlete and also as a thrower of the football, because like Lamar Jackson, he's got that super compact release, but just effortless arm strength. It seems like he just kind of flicks his wrist and sends the ball 30 yards downfield. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. He can kill you with his legs. We saw on a couple plays in practices where the defense was in man coverage, they turned their backs to him and all of a sudden he was 20 yards downfield or, you know, maybe there was a breakdown in protection and he was just able to run and pick up yardage on a scramble. But like you said, he, he is raw. He only has two years as a starter at Liberty. So he is going to need some development. I don't think his learning curve is going to be that great just because the NFL is getting a, a lot better about incorporating college concepts and shortening that learning curve. You know, he was a very risk reward QB at Liberty. Part of that I think is, was his supporting cast where I saw the guys he was playing with just kind of drop some really well-delivered passes. So, you know, you have, you have to kind of separate out his traits from the traits of the guys around him. Yeah. His feet need work, but if you look at some of the throws he can make from the far hash. Can he get it outside the numbers? Can he put it over the outside shoulder of the wide receiver when the cornerback's in trail position? All the NFL throws you want to see, Malik Willis has the capability of making them. You can't say that about every quarterback prospect in this class. Yeah, and you know, the other guy who can make all of the throws, I, well, there's a couple guys who can make all of the throws. Desmond Ritter's got a huge arm, but he kind of reminds me of Drew Locke, where... Huge arm, really good athlete, but accuracy, placement, they're kind of all over the place. You, you never quite know where the ball is going to come down. You just know it's going to be getting there in a hurry. And then Carson Strong, yeah, he moved better than I thought he was going to because there are some real concerns about his knee. I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm not going to speculate. Uh, I think the NFL is going to definitely want to do their due diligence and all of their homework. But I'll just leave it at that. But if you're looking for more of a prototypical pocket passer who can attack all areas of the field, you have to look at Carson Strong. And then, of course, there's Kenny Pickett, the uh, subject of many a hand conversation. <laughs> Kenny Pickett and his, and his small hands. For those of you who don't know, Kenny Pickett did not have his hands measured at the Senior Bowl. And there are rumors that they would be in the eight inch mark, which is. I don't even, I think that would be the zero percentile. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback who has had less than nine inch hands. Like a quarterback who was successful in the NFL that a lot of people talk about who had smaller hands, someone like Mike Vick, you know, Kenny Pickett's not Mike Vick. Mike Vick had a, a dynamic skill set. But I do want to say, man, Kenny Pickett, he, he looked good from the film that I've seen. He stays 
within the confines of the offense well. He gets to his progressions quickly. He can throw that backside dig. He can do all of the things that you kind of want. But people are going to really have a sticking point about those hands, especially if you're a cold weather team. If you play in the AFC North, the NFC North, if you play in the NFC East, you know, where it's windy. And it, it, that's something that people will look at. And I also loved your takes on Carson Strong. Can't really weigh in with the knee injuries. Those are probably his biggest concerns. He's not a great athlete either, but man, he can, he can throw the ball. He could throw the ball far. And he would also be a fun, a fun guy to watch, but I don't think the Giants should necessarily invest a first round pick in, in somebody like that. Yeah, no. And you know, when it comes to Pickett, I think he, if he and Corral are probably the two guys where if you're looking for a quarterback now, they're the two guys you should probably look at first. Yeah. Corral, he's not at mobile because well, he's not eligible to be at mobile. So we can't really compare him to the other, the other guys just, you know, in the four corners of this podcast. But Pickett, you know, he is, you know, in my notes, I've got a quick compact release. He's got a solid arm. It's not going to blow you away, but it's solid. He's accurate. He can anticipate well. He can manipulate the defense with his eyes. He, he's a very experienced quarterback. And the only problem I've ever had with him is just he seems streaky. And I don't know if that's just with footwork and foot discipline. Uh, Pittsburgh is, you know, that, that's not San Diego as far as weather is concerned. So maybe the hand size is a thing maybe that's just him developing you know uh hand size hasn't been a problem for joe burrow <laughs> no it is not but joe burrow is not the standard either and we we know that and like he did in college man just wear gloves i mean it definitely that, helps with his grip screw. yeah i don't really have a problem with that it might interfere with your ability to put touch on the ball a little bit but if that's a thing you're always used to you know i suppose whether or not you can work around it is a question for uh mark schofield which he's not here no, we'll have to we'll have to get Mark on one of these eventually. Hey, last question for both of you guys, real quick. The game is Saturday afternoon, and and, and unless you're former Giants GM Dave Gettleman, we know that uh, that the game is not actually all that important. But just in terms of the game itself, anything that that either one of you you know might be looking forward to to seeing on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, for me, I guess we could start with Malik Willis. How does he play with? in a game setting with everybody around him who is not a collegiate athlete that played at the Liberty level. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also just looking forward to the trench play, the offensive line versus defensive line. I feel like the defensive line is very, very talented. We mentioned Winfrey have guys like Logan Hall. I mean, there, there's a lot of defensive linemen here. The kid from UConn has, has had a really good week as well. And how those offensive linemen hold up in a game setting against these individuals. That's what I'm uh, probably most excited. to watch. Yeah. I'm just looking to see who shows up. Yeah, I'm kind of gonna kind of going to treat this almost like a, an Alabama or Georgia college game where I'm I'm not zooming in on anyone in particular, just seeing who shows up, who kind of jumps off the off the field and who really competes, and then taking note of that so I can go back to their tape and check again or look to see who yeah, you know, who I may have overlooked and go back and look at their tape. Uh I would say just in general, the maybe the guys, I just some names I want to see. Uh, Damian Pierce running back out of Florida. He's got an interesting body type. He's five foot nine and 220. Those are numbers you don't normally see together. And I did see him in some blocking drills and dude competes. And considering the Giants have some, uh, we'll say questions at blocking in the backfield, you know, pass protection out of the backfield, that could be a place they look. And he hasn't had a whole lot of experience at, at Florida. He's 
been on the squad for four years, but I believe he's had less than 300 carries total. So I'd, I'd like to see him get some run. And then also yeah. Jalen Tolbert, this is a home game for him. Yeah, man, it is. And uh, the Florida kid that you just mentioned, he was wildly underutilized. And it's probably one reason why Dan Mullen is not the head coach down there. At <laughs> That's somebody who could be a steal. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very, very much. We'll have to we'll have to do this again, maybe a couple more times before the, the draft comes up in April. So it's, uh, it's always fun to uh, kick around some names and kick around some possibilities. And uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.